welcome to a vegan's point of view podcast. My name is Katie Sturgis. I am certified in plant-based nutrition, a seasoned vegan, and I am your host. This podcast is a space where I review the five main topics of veganism, health, the environment, navigating social situations, what to eat, and animal welfare, all from a vegan's point of view. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The statements expressed in this episode is not intended to be suitable for professional or medical advice. You should always speak with a healthcare provider about your own unique healthcare needs. to the first episode of the mini-series, A Beginner's Guide to Being Vegan. Today we are starting with the most basic level question. The episode topics are strategically calculated to ensure that someone who's new to veganism has a solid foundation of information before we dive into the other topics. If you have yet to listen to the mini series trailer episode, I do recommend listening to that prior to the rest of the episodes so you can know what to expect and see where we're headed. Or I also made a lovely post on Instagram explaining all of the different episodes for the mini series there so you can take a look and see what is coming up next. Today, we're going to talk about what vegan is and what vegan is not. We'll learn more about other vegan subcategory labels that you may have heard of, like plant-based, SOS-free, vegan keto, and raw vegan. So what do those mean? And is one better than another? Is it even important to identify as a particular subcategory over another? And are these diets uh, to alter your body composition or is there more to learn about? There's a lot of confusion around understanding what vegans will and will not eat. Just last night, I had a conversation that reminded me of this. It's like something that you know, but sometimes it kind of takes you by surprise. My husband and I went to a new tasting room for a date night and the winemaker was chatting with us about the winemaking process. We asked him if he uses any animal products like egg whites to filter the wine. He said that they don't, but then he asked us, he's like, do, do vegans eat eggs? Um, and because my husband and I have been vegan for so long, like our family and friends who we see most often, they tend to know some of these things. So when we chat with people who aren't in our little bubble, I'm, I'm reminded that the vegan community still has a really long way to go, hence this podcast and this particular mini-series. Looking back to 
only 10 years ago, most people had never heard of the word vegan, myself included. I remember I was vegetarian at the time and my friend who is vegan was telling me that she and her family went out for ice cream the night prior and I I remember knowing that she said that she was vegan though I didn't know the full extent of what that meant. I knew she didn't eat dairy um, but I don't think I fully grasped like all the dairy products um, like just maybe milk but maybe I didn't understand so much like butter um, and other things um, and I hadn't fully grasped that non-dairy ice cream really existed I did know that the grocery stores had ice cream made from coconut milk but I didn't know that non-dairy ice cream could be found in places like ice cream shops and I asked her uh, what she ordered when she and her family went out to the ice cream shop if she doesn't eat dairy and she told me that she usually has to order the sorbet flavor and I remember thinking in that moment and I still stand by this thought wow, that uh, sounds disgustingly miserable. Um, I know some people like sorbet, but I am I'm not a sorbet person. Um, so today, uh, things, things look a little different. We have major ice, ice cream corporations such as Ben & Jerry's and Haagen-Dazs to smaller chains such as Salt & Straw and local small businesses, if not all, carry non-dairy flavors that are a lot more exciting than sorbet, though sometimes, sadly, they do only have sorbet. <laughs> Today, countries like Canada have taken dairy off of their national food guide. They had milk on there but they swapped that out for water and their food guide recommends eating more plant-based proteins like legumes nuts and tofu the u.s did something similar when we switched from the my pyramid and that included two to three servings of dairy per day um, and labeled milk as like their own food group. And then we switched to the my plate and it still has milk on there, but it's a glass of milk and it's on the side of the plate. So it's slightly better. It's at least moved off of the plate and maybe when the next food guide is released, we may see that glass of milk switch to a glass of water. I don't know, maybe. Um, the UK's popularity of veganism has grown exponentially. It's really hard to pull any accurate numbers, 
but about 3% of the UK's population is vegan with the addition of a lot of people actively working towards reducing their meat consumption. There are even vegan weeks and free from weeks that include free from dairy challenges in the Great British Baking Show. And this last season on the Great British British Baking Show, they had a vegan contestant who they allowed all of her signature and showstopper bakes to be made fully vegan. So a lot of stuff has has changed and now we're starting to see it on TV. Um, and it was really fun to, to watch her bakes. Um, within the past six years, non-dairy and meat-free companies have been on the rise. There is now a publicly traded vegan company in the stock market Companies like Beyond Meat, Just Egg, and Impossible Meat have partnered with popular fast food chains like chains like Burger King, Chipotle, Taco Time, and Starbucks. Large suppliers like Costco are bringing in vegan products in bulk at some fantastic prices. Restaurants are now beginning to add vegan meals and sometimes they even have their own vegan menu. Ice cream companies like Ben and Jerry's have a whole line of vegan ice creams. All larger chain grocery stores now have a vegan section full of non-dairy and meat-free options. And Ulta, Target, and Sephora have added labels onto their shelving to indicate that a particular product is vegan and cruelty-free. Companies like Netflix have picked up vegan documentaries, Forks Over Knives, What the Health, Cowspiracy, and The Game Changers. So it's so wonderful to see. It's fun to be a part of this movement as it's really starting to pick up traction and I'm absolutely excited to see how this continues to grow. As the awareness and popularity of veganism continues to increase, it has attracted multifaceted people with multifaceted beliefs, educations, passions, and personalities. These factors all play a role in why there's almost an overwhelming amount of subcategories of veganism. It also attracts people who are defensive about veganism and their defensive reactions, as I've explained before, are displayed by discrediting vegans with the hope that they can find flaws in this way of life. That way they don't have to look at themselves and their daily actions. When people feel like they need to be on the defensive side, usually they speak from a place of disrespect with the intentions of being hurtful. 
they are often closed-minded. Any bit of information that they do hear, they will often gaslight or quickly change the subject to another aspect of veganism to to try to find fault there and see if they can win the argument or shut down the vegan. Their goal was never really to find any sort of greater understanding about what they were asking. These conversations, debates, verbal and keyboard wars have led to kind of the stigma around the word vegan. So how can something grow in popularity? How can large corporations decide to evolve as the demand for vegan products increases while simultaneously the credibility of the name be tarnished? To the point where saying vegan or identifying as vegan becomes so taboo, it is almost cringeworthy to utter and to like be on the receiving end. Vegans have been categorized as sensitive, angry, dogmatic, impossible, sickly, weird, and annoying. Because of this stigma, vegans have altered their word choice in attempts to avoid the backlash from non-vegans. Enter the phase, plant-based. This less abrasive alter identification has inspired vegan sub-communities to create their own word to identify their unique subcategory of veganism, which has been helpful and also very confusing, especially for those who are new and for those who are not vegan. Um, people tend to have a hard enough time trying to grasp the concept that a particular group of people who say that they're vegan don't eat three things, meat, dairy, and eggs. It's that simple. Well, also honey, depending on the group. You'll find out more about that in a minute. But having having a hard enough time with just that and then we have, oh, I'm, I'm a mostly raw vegan or I'm a junk food vegan or I'm whole food plant-based and then someone else is like, well, I'm just plant-based and then someone else is saying, well, I'm vegan and... <laughs> While I love the creativity, it can lead to, to more confusion, especially when social media influencers decide to create their, like, their own spin on the already subcategory of veganism. Um, and they're like, well, yeah, it's basically the same thing as being this, but we call it this. And so... It's just a lot of words. Um, so what does vegan, whole food, plant-based, plant-based, and raw vegan mean? What 
what are their commonalities and their differences in food choices, their ethics, their drive, and what does their lifestyle look like? Is it different? Is it the same? Um, And then what about those who identify as vegetarian and pescatarian? I mean, they're they're not vegan, um, but they have some commonalities um, with, with some vegan aspects. So, um, before I do jump into all of these definitions and answering some of those questions, I want to mention three things. First, my goal is to not pick apart or to discredit any of these subcategories, communities, or dietary philosophies. And two, it's not important to pick a particular label. To an extent, you, you can live your life not eating animal products or contributing to the harm of animals. And, and you can choose to label yourself however you know you feel that it fits best to describe your dietary choices and your ethics what is important is being clear and then also being consistent when communicating with others because it can easily cause confusion for people who aren't familiar especially in restaurant settings. Um, I think a lot of people really aspire to maybe, to maybe they want to be vegan, but they're actually pescatarian, but they tell people that they're vegan. And then non-vegans who aren't, you know, very well familiar with what vegans eat and don't eat and then they see this person saying like oh I'm vegan and then they see them ordering oysters at a restaurant that's very confusing (laughs) and this misrepresentation can spread like wildfire and before you know it a rumor gets started that vegans still eat chicken broth they'll drink goat's milk and they eat eggs but then they like go way in left field and they're like, but they don't eat gluten or sugar though. And so, you know, whatever works best for you, um, whatever subcategory you feel like fits best for your, for your lifestyle and your ethics and what you eat on a daily basis. Great. Go with that, but make sure you're, you're being consistent. Um, and and maybe when communicating with others um say like oh i try to be vegan but sometimes i when eating out i will order oysters and that's not vegan um but that's something that i do you know you could explain it like that and i think that would be easier for those to understand because then they would know you know what ordering oysters that's not vegan but that particular person that's something that they do so last thing the different subcategories and labels 
of veganism that I've listed out in in this podcast will not be presented in any system of hierarchy with the exception of choosing foods that support optimal health um but i don't want someone to feel obligated to step into a subcategory that they don't personalize like personally identify with so i i recognize that that statement is portrayed in like a black and white sort of way but it's it's very much a gray area and i think my explanation would help make sense of that often when people in my life um want to go vegan or they have recently gone vegan the next time i see them they they come up to me they're so excited uh and they tell me you know i've recently gone vegan or i've been vegan for you know x amount of weeks or months and then in the same breath and they begin to criticize themselves for not eating enough raw foods, but compensate by explaining how they do make their own green ju- juice at home every day, but then back to beating themselves up about how they do eat Beyond Burgers often, but they found Daya cheese at the grocery store. And if you've, if you've listened to my episode about cheese... You know my apprehensions about this brand, uh, but it's it's a whole roller coaster of pride and shame mixed with a lot of excitement, and from my perception, completely avoidable exhaustion. It's exhausting going on this like roller coaster, just hearing about it. I mean, there's so many ups and downs, and wow, there's just a lot to unpack. But I also don't want to start being like, okay, well, this and that and this and that because they look so overwhelmed already. (laughs) I don't want to give them more things to consider, but I also would love to help ease this weight that they've put on their shoulders. Um, And I know exactly what fuels all of these feelings of pressure and these thoughts of of um needing to achieve a certain level of perfection and it comes from vegans pressuring new vegans to believe that there is a hierarchy two ways of eating a vegan diet now this is where the gray area comes in obviously for optimal health people should prioritize whole grains legumes fruits and vegetables while limiting highly processed foods we we all know eat more fruits and vegetables eat more whole grains let's cut back on the highly processed foods that have a bunch of sodium and added saturated fats because that's not what our body needs to thrive 
but if I was to say that, that would mean that I would be pressuring people to feel obligated to step into the subcategory of whole food plant-based, which completely contradicts my earlier statement. So my hope is that the following information along with that example of my friends who, when they're talking to me, they're, they're excited, but they're all over the place because they have also the shame mixed in. Um, but I hope it'll help clarify what I'm trying to portray and I'm not putting pressure or expectations for people to reach any level of purity or perfection. I am committed to delivering accurate information about nutrition. I want people to have the resources to help themselves um, be as healthy as possible, but and physically and, and mentally. However that realistically looks for you, great. And, and let's educate ourselves. Let's give our bodies the foods that they need to thrive. But at the same time, let's drop the shame around eating foods that are higher in calories, that go through more processing than whole foods do. My support and encouragement, um, though, that doesn't extend to eating farmed animals or their milk or their eggs, but I think that's obvious um, by the title and by all the other things in this podcast that like eat what your body needs, but we don't need animal products. Um, so support all, all the vegan foods. Okay. Moving on. Disclaimers over. Let's start with defining vegetarian and pescatarian before we talk about what vegan is and all the other vegan subcategories because a lot of people view these as the same while they have some commonalities they have some very distinct differences all right vegetarian um kind of the og been around longer than vegan has a little bit more accepted by non-vegetarians, non-vegans. I think (laughs) they're like, all right, I get the meat thing, but I don't know about that other stuff. (laughs) Vegans do. A little bit too crazy. Um, So oftentimes people will start off as being vegetarian um, with maybe the intentions of one day being vegan. Maybe this is, they're like, I'm going to start here, eventually work up to there. But right now this is what I'm comfortable with. Um, sometimes they don't have aspirations to ever be vegan. Maybe they're just like, you know what, doing a good job here with, uh, the vegetarian thing. Um, a lot of people, uh, who like to have discussions about, um, being vegan, they will often say to me, um, well, I could be vegetarian. 
um, because like maybe like the vegan thing is a little bit too too much of a stretch for them um, and and to that if that's something that you you know you've ever said to someone oh well I could be vegetarian then then try it do it <laughs> you can do it um, see how it goes uh, I'll support you I mean it's a, a great step in a, a better direction for the animals but also for yourself um but also i i've mentioned in some of my other podcasts um that you know the choice between eating meat or eating dairy or eggs ethically uh from the animal welfare standpoint not consuming eggs and not consuming dairy but continuing to eat meat in my opinion is more ethical so kind of like a reverse vegetarian that would be less abusive less torturous um less traumatic for the animals is um giving up the the dairy and the eggs first instead of the meat but I think there's kind of this concept in our mind that like eating the body of someone is kind of more like harsh, I guess. And I can see that. Um, but I think that is only because they don't fully know the process of what it takes to obtain the milk and the eggs of these animals and and that process is um it's horrific Uh, so anyways side rant over what what do what do vegetarians eat um well let's start with what they don't eat they they won't eat meat um or broth including bone broth that would also come from the body parts of an animal um you know traditional broths that we see are chicken beef and um like a seafood stock so those those are a no-go um sauces that include animal products um or part, parts of animals in the, the making of the sauces. So things like fish sauce um, or gravy. Uh, and then also other random things like um, gelatin and collagen and lard and tallow and squid ink. Those all come from someone. So vegetarians are not going to eat that. Uh, they are okay with consuming milk and other dairy products made from other animals like goats, sheep, um, and then what's most traditionally known, cow's milk. Um, they will eat eggs from ducks and chickens. Technically, caviar and roe would fall into the suitable for vegetarians because it's the eggs of another animal though I do believe that's 
generally avoided by vegetarians. Um, you don't often see like a vegetarian sushi roll, uh, at a restaurant, um, with a bunch of veggies, but then also having like the roe. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, they will also consume products made of honey and then they'll purchase products made of beeswax. The ethics drive and lifestyle of a vegetarian is in my opinion, and all vegetarians are, are going to be different. Um, it's all going to depend on the specific person, uh, but it's a super gray area. Uh, and I have some theories and opinions of why vegetarians can fall on such a broad spectrum of what they will purchase um, and what their comfort levels are, um, in their lifestyle. So I've, I found that a lot of vegetarians have been vegetarians since childhood or like preteen, teenage ranges. Um, children are more prone to recognize the hypocrisy and question dietary choices. It's around this time that we are taught to love animals, to be kind to animals, be gentle with our dogs and our cats that are in our home, and to be excited to go out and see the animals. Um, and then parents and caregivers put these animals on their plates and they ask questions they're like what is this be like oh you know that's that's chicken and then they they can kind of you can see their their thoughts start to to go and they're like well we love animals why would I eat the chicken if we, if we love chickens, if we're taught to be kind and to be gentle and to care for them? So anyways, they, their stance to avoid eating animals is made at such a young age. It's likely that they don't take time to educate themselves on animal welfare. Um, there's a difference between saying, what is this? Oh, that's chicken. Wait, I thought we were taught to love chickens. I don't want to eat them. And seeing the behind the scenes footage at slaughterhouses and farms of how these animals are treated. It is it's really hard to kind of think back and, and see those um, films. They kind of replay in your mind because they're so hard to watch. So if someone decides at a young age that they're going to be vegetarian, they're not going to see that. So that's why I'm thinking they might be okay with other things. So they're like, you know what? I'm just not going to eat these chickens. But I mean... 
I guess it would be fine if someone else eats these chickens. Anyways, so I believe that this lack of education um, leads some vegetarians to be okay with purchasing pillows and coats made with feathers um, and sweaters made from wool. I mean, they're probably going to avoid purchasing anything that has fur uh, on it, but maybe they would be okay with purchasing a new car that has leather seats. Maybe they'd be okay with buying a leather sofa. Like, it's not following it all the way to its logical conclusion where it's like, okay, well, I'm not okay with killing cows because I don't want to eat them, but like, I'm okay with killing cows to have my seats in my car not be cloth. Um, They may also be okay with cooking meals that have meat in it. Um, I do know people that are vegetarian, but they still cook a turkey dinner for the rest of the family. Um, They might eat marshmallows and candy with gelatin in it and not really question that. Um, They might be okay with decorations and jewelry made from seashells and sea sponges or purchasing hairbrushes made from boar bristles. They might be completely fine with animal exploitation such as visiting the zoo, the aquariums, riding horses, purchasing dogs and cats from breeders instead of adopting, going to rodeos, and watching dog shows or horse races. Though these lifestyle choices that some people may be okay with would not fall in line with the ethical stance and definition of being vegetarian. It's it's just something that I commonly see vegetarians do, though I would not advise anyone to assume that all vegetarians are okay with animal exploitation, that they would be okay with purchasing products made from animals or marine life, or that they would eat foods like marshmallows and candy made from any body parts of an animal. Okay, so moving on to pescatarian. Not as uh, commonly known as vegetarian, um, but I think some people um, may identify as vegetarian. Kind of like I said earlier about the oysters. Uh, They'll identify as like, oh, I'm vegetarian, um, but they are okay with eating marine life. Um, they will and will not consume or contribute to all of the things that a vegetarian would. Um, so they, they aren't going to eat cows, chickens, pigs, you know, all the traditional farmed animals as we know in the United States. Um, but they will eat milk and eggs and then also marine life, um, such as fish, squids, seals, not seals, sorry, eels, (laughs) 
though technically I think that does count. Um, it is marine life. Um, we've just been conditioned to love seals, uh, and to not eat them because, because we are taught to love some and to eat others. So anyways, kind of, uh, caught myself there in, in that own little brainwashing, uh, that we are taught. Uh, anyways, they'll eat lobsters and crabs, oysters, mussels. Uh, those tend to be the most common. Um, before moving on, um, there are people who they might not define themselves as vegetarian, um, but they they won't eat particular animals. Like they, they won't eat cows or pigs. Those are usually like the most traditional ones. Um, but they will eat like turkeys and chickens. Um, I think this way of eating is like a little bit more common in, um, kind of like a, a more health conscious person, uh, cause they're trying to avoid red meat. Um, but they don't have their own subcategory classification like pescatarians do. Um, oh, and they would also eat marine life. They would be okay with that. Um, and I often find that, uh, though they would not consume a cow, they, they typically don't have any restrictions on purchasing items made from leather. So again, like new cars with leather seats, but they might also be fine with leather shoes and belts and jackets, that kind of stuff. Um, boar bristles, like they recognize that they like the cows and that they like the pigs only when it comes to putting them on a plate, not so much when using their body parts for other things. Uh, and I also find that they, they don't tend to, um, see eating jello or gelatin or marshmallows as, um, something that isn't alignment with their ethics, even though all of those things do include the body parts of cows and pigs. Okay, so what the heck do vegans eat? Uh, many people feel completely lost and overwhelmed when trying to think of what vegans eat. So if that's you, don't beat yourself up. Um, it's, it's very common. You are actually in the majority of people. So you'll find out soon. Um, I do think this confusion stems from the standard American diet as it's centered around meat, dairy, and eggs. Those three things. Um, vegetables, if included at all, are often overcooked to mush, uh, then coated with olive oil or butter and, uh, generous serving of salt. Um, fruits, they've been demonized for their sugar and their carbs. Uh, some people will buy apples and bananas, uh, but then they're habitually, uh, left on counters and in lunch bags until 
Uh, they're so brown that they, ju they just need to be tossed. Cauliflower has gained in popularity over the past few years, which that's a small victory, but it's typically accompanied by a high fat, high protein meal or those that uh, tend to have their diet revolve around um, those macronutrients being in higher quantities. Americans love dairy products. They, they like the yogurt a lot. Cheese sticks are great. Anything covered in cheese, really. Uh, we also enjoy fancy displays of cheese. Mac and cheese, shit quality, or the fancy kind. We're all about it. Pizza with extra cheese, cheeseburgers, fries, egg bites with cheese, and uh, and Coke. <laughs> um, the the bacon craze that seemed to die down, but pork rinds uh, have made a surprising comeback with the low carb community. Those are all over the place now. Um, we we've been taught by society to proudly state that we are a a meat and potatoes kind of person as as if this is some unique badge of honor to wear uh, as if as if everyone else doesn't also love to say that they're a, a meat and potatoes kind of person um, personally when I hear this statement it just makes me think that they they wear a badge that reads close-minded and refuse to explore flavors beyond Montreal steak seasoning and A1 sauce. Um, but the government has taught us to structure our plates with a meat and a starch and a vegetable. Um, but if Americans actually stuck to this, they could see that two thirds of the foundation of their plates are already vegan. I mean, prior to the addition of whatever meat sauce, cheese, or butter they coated the starches and vegetables with. Um, and then combine this with the rumors uh, started by those who are trying to discredit vegans, um, saying that, you know, we only eat kale and bland tofu or, or those, those fake meats with a bunch of chemicals. Um, and then usually at this point, after we've exhausted those things, then the mushroom haters love to chime in at this point. See, that's their only other alternative. Um, I don't, I don't like mushrooms and I don't want to eat all those chemicals and bland tofu and kale. That's so boring. Um, so all of this makes people just not know where to start, um, unable to see that the grocery stores, they're full of plants, um, more than the apples, the bananas, cauliflowers, and mushrooms. I promise they have more to offer. Um, so in a quick summary, in addition to our tofu, kale, and mushrooms. Vegans also eat vegetables, squash, dark leafy greens, 
beans, legumes, grains, whole or refined, fruit, sugar, coffee, tea, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices. Uh, Vegans will eat frozen pizza that has non-dairy cheese on it and non-dairy ice cream, chips and candy bars, meat-free burgers, bacon and sausages. They'll eat oil, refined flours, they'll consume alcohol. Um, Some vegans will stay away from sugar that was processed with animal bones and some will not. Um, Some vegans will only consume alcohol that hasn't been processed with animal body parts such as eggs and gelatin and some will. So people who identify as vegan are often strongly driven by ethical reasons pertaining to either or both animal welfare and environmental sustainability. Typically, these people become vegan later in life. Um, I think that's partly due to, one, it's kind of a newer concept, kind of going back to the beginning of this episode. In the past 10 years, veganism has um, really started to gain traction and more people are starting to learn about it. Um, But I think this strong ethical stance is coming from people who have seen the slaughterhouse videos, the farming videos of how these animals are are tortured and abused. Um, And then I think people are starting to do research on how animal agriculture is is affecting our environment and our climate. And so there's a strong ethical stance uh, to, to no longer participate in the purchasing of these products. It's a way to vote with our dollars um, and to vote against these large corporations. Um, this commitment to no longer participating in eating animals usually um, mostly all the time carries over to carries over to other purchases um, and lifestyle participations as well. For example, vegans will not purchase furniture, clothing, accessories, shoes, purses, journals, skincare products, car interiors, bedding, cleaning products, beauty products, toys, and decorations that have leather, silk, beeswax, bone, fur, hair, shells, um, or feathers of someone. Vegans choose not to participate in places or activities that involve animal exploitation such as going to the zoo, aquarium, shows that involve animals to perform, horseback riding, and going to rodeos. And we will refuse um, purchasing animals from breeders uh, and would prefer to adopt. If 
a person goes vegan for environmental reasons, they may also try their best to be zero waste. And as wonderful and as helpful as it is to be zero waste, um, I do want to state that being vegan and being zero waste are separate. Um, you don't need to also go zero waste to be vegan, though vegans are often inspired to go zero waste because it's already in alignment with their ethics. So if you're listening to this and you are new to being vegan or you're interested in going to vegan, you might be hearing a lot of things uh, being crossed off the list and, and you might feel a little confused on how to move forward, but that is only because everything you eat currently has always revolved around those three things, meat, dairy, and eggs plus honey. So for total, but I, I highly doubt that your daily diet revolved around honey. Um, and if it did just one, there's, there's vegan honey. Um, it's made from apples being cooked down, but then also agave tastes very, very similar to honey. So we got options. Um, and it's a, transitional process. So as soon as you learn how to center your meals around plants, you won't feel as though you're missing out. You'll actually find that you have a larger, larger variety of food, uh, than before that's available to you. Um, and you'll begin to cook foods that, you've never heard of before and enjoy them. And so it's a really fun process, um, to go through, but I think in the beginning it can look pretty daunting, um, and overwhelming. So if you're feeling that way, that's completely normal. Um, but it does get better and those feelings do start to fade and then eventually it's not even really a thought anymore. Um, because usually, um, when someone's new to being vegan, they, they're kind of seeing more, um, of this like taste, like maybe like tastes are, are being lost. Um, and it's more of like a, how does this not serve me and like what would I be missing out on kind of thing. Whereas once you take the time to educate yourself on all that the animals go through, it no longer becomes about your taste preferences and um, missing out on anything. It, it turns into more, there's no way I could ever contribute to that ever again because I you just don't want to be a part of that ever so if all of your friends are out and they're like hey let's go get ice cream and then turns out hey this ice cream shop doesn't actually have any non-dairy flavors I mean it turns into like not a big deal anymore 
like as before you might be like oh yeah i really want ice cream and you might really want ice cream and other people might look at you like wow that really sucks that you don't get to have ice cream um but the thing is is if you if you wanted to you could you could eat the ice cream um it's not that you can't eat it it's that you won't eat it and and that's just kind of takes that FOMO out of the equation. So what does a typical day of eating look like for a vegan? They might start their day off with like a tofu scramble with a bunch of veggies in it and maybe a piece of toast with some vegan butter on it for breakfast. Maybe they add some vegan cheese on top, maybe they don't. Lunch might be a big mixed green salad with cucumbers and tomato, some shredded carrots and buffalo tempeh bites on top with a vegan ranch dressing. Um, Dinner could be a mushroom and veggie fajitas topped with guacamole and some almond milk yogurt for a sour cream substitute with a side of rice and beans. Dessert might be a couple vegan chocolate chip cookies from Trader Joe's. Um, If you have not tried those, they are amazing. Um, They're in these little white bags. They're over in the bread section. So next time you're at Trader Joe's, I... (laughs) highly recommend getting those. They go great with coffee. So that's kind of what um, a someone who might identify as vegan, what they might eat. They, they're going to eat a large variety of plants. Uh, they might have thoughts about choosing foods that are more whole and less processed. Um, They might have concerns about looking at sodium and saturated fat contents in things, Um, but they also really enjoy eating um, and incorporating the non-dairy cheeses and non-dairy or um, non-animal, the meat-free options um, that are available to them. They, they might have some chips they, for a snack, or they might have some oil-free hummus and vegetables. It can really go either way as vegan was kind of the, it's the, the standard um, original term for this. So it can really kind of go in any direction. Another direction that um, someone who might say that they're vegan may go is, um, and it's, it's the term, I didn't call it this, um, junk food vegan. Um, this references someone's whose diet is primarily made up of packaged, processed, drive through and restaurant foods. They may incorporate a variety of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans into their daily diet, uh, but maybe they don't. Um, and I want to mention that 
I do not support or want to perpetuate diet culture ever. Um, the only reason I say junk food vegan is to clarify what this popular term means. Uh, a day of eating for someone who identifies as a junk food vegan, they might start their day with a vegan microwavable breakfast burrito full of like tofu scramble and some hash brown vegan cheese maybe it has some peppers and beans in there they might dip it in some hot sauce or salsa maybe some guacamole um or maybe they start their day off with a bowl of cereal maybe it's um like a, a whole grain cereal or maybe it has a coating of chocolate on it you know we got options um for lunch, they would probably eat out somewhere, um, some place that has a hearty comfort style vegan food. Uh, places like Panda Express now have the Beyond Meat orange chicken and then the chow mein. Or they might eat a variety of snacks for lunch. And for dinner, they might make a beyond or impossible cheeseburger have a side of tater tots and either ranch or ketchup with that or they might continue snacking on stuff like hum hummus and crackers maybe have some chips maybe have some non-dairy ice cream and candy later maybe they make some smoothies soups and salads sometimes and they might not um, but this way of eating is very similar to the standard American diet, um, full of processed carbs, saturated fats, lacking in vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, seeds, and a bunch of other micronutrients that our bodies need. Um, and they often eat out uh, at drive throughs and at restaurants. Someone who is a junk food vegan, they are highly likely that they have all of the other um, strong ethical um, reasons to be vegan, as like just a, a vegan would have. Um, it's just that um, maybe they don't like to cook, maybe they haven't had proper education and nutrition. Um, maybe they grew up in a home where these foods are very common and so that's what they know. And sometimes these foods just taste really good and they, they base their diet around that. Um, I do see non-vegans kind of pick apart the junk food vegans, which is very interesting to me because I feel like this way of eating is, like I said, so in alignment with the standard American diet. Um, but then they say how unhealthy it is for, you know, someone to just eat Oreos, which are vegan by the way, um, and french fries, which I agree. That's your body needs more micronutrients. It's going to need a different ratio of macronutrients to have some optimal health. Uh, we want to include some more plants in there, um, but they'll they'll usually go to attacking on the junk food vegans to say like, oh well, it's not even healthy to eat this way. Um, 
So that is what a, a junk food vegan would eat and kind of how they, they live their, their lifestyle and what their ethics and, and drives are. And on to the next subcategory of veganism. It's called whole food plant-based. You might have heard of it. If you've seen the letters WFPB written out in all caps, all clumped together, that is someone who's referring to whole foods plant-based. Um, it's a subcategory of veganism that's rooted in optimal health. They they eat vegetables, squash, dark leafy greens, beans, legumes, whole grains, fruits, tea, herbs, spices, nuts, seeds, and they may or may not consume coffee or alcohol. They may or may not consume honey, and that is primarily based um, upon if if someone. They, if someone wants to eat honey and they're whole food plant-based, I mean, technically it's not vegan, um, but someone who is coming at this from a health perspective, they might be okay with eating honey because they might not know of um, the process of, of honey making. Um, and why that wouldn't be ethical. And we'll talk about that. Oh, we have plans to talk about that in another episode in this mini series. Um, but someone who's vegan, who has taken the time to educate themselves on um, the ethical reasons of why not to consume honey, but now they're whole food plant-based, they, they would probably not eat honey. <laughs> um, so they, someone who's whole food plant-based, um, they're not going to eat any animal products or byproducts of any kind. So no meat, dairy, or eggs. Um, but they may, um, also avoid or severely limit the consumption and use of oils and fats in their foods. Uh, often when a person becomes whole food plant-based, it's because they've researched the health benefits. Um, they, maybe they've read How Not to Die. Maybe they watched What the Health or Forks Over Knives. Um, but they haven't taken the time to, to educate themselves on the, the ethical reasons. Um, and it's likely that they're not fully aware of why to stop consuming animals uh, so they might be okay with animal exploitation um, like going to the zoo and the aquarium and they might be okay with purchasing products made from animals skin their bone fur feathers shells all those kinds of things um, i found that when people are not educated in all of the ethical topics of veganism, they do often look at whole food plant-based as a diet. Um, just as someone would look at going keto. Like there's not really an ethical stance behind a ketogenic diet. Um, 
and most people don't stick with diets for very long. Um, so you'll kind of see people weave in and out of, of this way of eating because it's more, um, a dietary choice, not so much a lifestyle having an ethical drive behind it. Though there are many, many, many people who are whole food plant-based, um, who are very committed to this lifestyle and it would be, um, like the world would have to completely turn upside down for them to ever not eat this way. Um, they can sometimes be a little aggressive and a little judgmental about, um, highly caloric foods and more processed foods. Um, but again, it's, they're looking at this from like optimal health benefits and giving their bodies exactly what they need. Um, sometimes I do have concerns, uh, that maybe people who are orthorexic or have orthorexia, um, that this might be a trigger for them. Um, and, and maybe they're kind of fully stepping into that aspect of the, um, their disease with that, but it is a very healthy way of eating. And, um, it, it's what our bodies would just love for us to, to eat every day. Uh, so what does a typical day of eating look like for someone who's whole food plant-based? Uh, they're probably going to start their day off with oatmeal with some berries, um, some flaxseed, chia seeds. Maybe they put some walnuts on there. They'll probably use soy milk. Um, their lunch is probably some sort of kale salad, uh, with sweet potatoes and brown lentils. Maybe they use like a a hummus based dressing so they can get those extra servings of beans. And then also, um, it's a lower calorie, lower fat, high fiber dressing. And for dinner, maybe they'll have like a whole wheat pizza crust with some tofu ricotta, tomato sauce, um, that doesn't have any salt in it. Um, and maybe a bunch of herbs and then load the rest of the pizza up with a ton of veggies like mushrooms and bell peppers and, and all of those yummy, delicious things for dessert. They might have, um, some nice cream. If you haven't heard the term before, um, it's frozen bananas, sometimes including frozen berries in there. Um, and then you blend it up with just like a little bit of plant milk and it makes like the bananas really add a creaminess to, um, this ice cream. Um, and then maybe they add some dark chocolate chips on top. So that is kind of the way of eating for a, for someone who's whole food plant-based. Well, 
someone who's whole food plant-based, they are going to eat a lot of homemade meals, uh, a lot of stuff kind of being more made from scratch. There is a little bit more time spent in the kitchen meal prepping, maybe a little bit more time spent planning meals, um, but it's not like an overwhelming amount of time in the kitchen. Like I don't want people to be like, Oh, I could, I couldn't do that. I don't have time already. Um, in my day and and now I have to cook more. Um, so let's remember that cooking and spending time in the kitchen is not exclusive to being vegan. We have all had to cook ourselves meals prior to the notion of being vegan. I think a lot of people think of being vegan as like, oh, now I'm going to have to spend time in the kitchen as if they, they weren't in the kitchen before. Um, and maybe you do have to chop a little bit more vegetables. Um, but you're also gaining some time in other places as, you know, tofu right out of the package is edible whereas frozen raw chicken you have to wait for that to thaw and then you have to cook it to a food safe temperature so I mean yeah maybe you had to cut up a few more vegetables but we got some amazing tools that we're gonna go over in like the episode about like what small appliances are really helpful and I'll share some some big time-saving tips there. Um, there is a subcategory within this whole food plant-based community. It's kind of like a, Ru- a Russian nesting doll situation. We got vegan, then you got whole food plant-based, and then you're like other people that are like, you know what, I'm whole food plant-based, but I'm also SOS-free. And, um, SOS free stands for salt, oil, and sugar free. So if you see someone write out online, WFPB space SOS free, that they're meaning that they eat a whole food plant-based diet and that they don't consume, um, foods that are like have added sodium or added refined sugars and oils. If it's naturally occurring sodium like from celery or naturally occurring sugar from fruits or sweet potatoes or naturally occurring fats from avocados or beans, I mean they're fine with that. Um, It's just more like the refined additives. But I want to make it clear that SOS free has nothing to do with veganism. This is coming from a health perspective and by no means is necessary to step into this way of eating to be vegan. It might be absolutely necessary for some people with particular health conditions or for those who would like to optimize their health 
um, but I don't want anyone to feel pressured or overwhelmed by changing their diet so much, especially if being vegan is something new that you're stepping into. I mean, people have a hard enough time with the concept of eliminating meat, dairy, and eggs. This addition can be a complete uh, deterrent for some people. Um, So though it is a healthier way of living, and if you feel like this is something that you want to work towards, go for it. There's no need to cook with oil. Um, Our bodies certainly don't need it. Um, Same with processed sugar. Uh, It's easy to meet our daily limit of sodium without trying. Sodium naturally occurs uh, in plants. Some plants have higher amounts than others. So again, if you want to go for it, go for it. If you don't want to, you don't have to, to be vegan. Side note, some people can get really excited about how long their free from list name and acronyms can get. Often I see people who have reached the whole food plant-based SOS free love to add on that they're, you know, free, they're gluten-free as well. And unless you have a gluten intolerance or have celiac disease, you, you're completely fine to continue eating gluten. Gluten is found in plants, thus gluten is vegan. Um, So again, I don't want anyone to feel pressured that they need to give up gluten, salt, oil, or sugar um, to be vegan. I would rather have more people stop eating animals and eat more plants than people get hung up with how much sodium they're consuming. Though I do want people to eat healthily and to not be consuming large amounts of of sodium, but you get what I'm saying. Um, So that would be the whole food, plant-based, and then SOS-free subcategories of veganism. Plant-based, you you may have heard it. It it seems to be newer uh, than the whole food plant-based. I think there was vegan and then I think whole food plant-based came next. Um, not that it's really important in the order, the chronological order and, and how these were released or came to be. Um, but I think that, um, when people started dreading using the word vegan, um, And then whole food plant-based started to become popular. I think some people are like, ooh, you know what? I'm not so much on the whole foods part. Like that's not really like something that my diet centers around. Um, 
but I'm loving this plant-based term that you guys are using because um, people tend to get less offended and less defensive uh, when people say that they're plant-based. Uh, I think it's vagueness makes others feel like, well, there's a possibility that this person at least eats cheese and maybe chicken. And that, that makes them accept it a little bit more. Um, not that they do, but, um, I think it just kind of seems like, well, I'm based in plants, but it's not like vegan. I fully stepped into this box. It's like, well, you know, it, there seems to be some gray area and people love they're very comforted non-vegans are very comforted by the idea that someone at least might not be fully stepping into the will not eat meat dairy and eggs in reality plant-based can be defined in a few ways and it really depends on the person where they fall on the scale of again not my term but junk food vegan to the whole food plant-based sos free gluten-free side um overall they're not going to eat any animal products of any kind it's highly probable that they don't purchase products made from animals or support animal exploitation though that might be on a sliding scale as well i think this term is mostly in line with someone's drive and ethics and lifestyle of someone who's vegan um but they are trying to use a term that's a little bit more accepted and a little less taboo uh when speaking with the general public corporations have also found that products do better when the phrase plant-based is on the package versus vegan. Um, and I think that it does well for, uh, people who are not vegan. Like maybe they're like, oh, it's plant-based versus like, oh, it's vegan. Well, it's probably not going to taste good. Cause there's kind of like that stigma that like vegan food is bland, but when they see like, oh, plant-based, well, that's probably healthy. That would be a good purchase to make. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Definitely a lot of, a lot of psychology behind all of this, uh, all these marketing tactics and our thought processes, um, around the phrase plant-based. We, we definitely tend to like it more. Um, so that is, plant-based. If someone says that they're plant-based, I would just assume that they are vegan, that their ethics are in alignment with those who are vegan. They probably eat a diet that is kind of more in the middle of this spectrum of junk food to whole food, plant-based, SOS-free. Um, they, they might eat primarily a diet that's based in plants like maybe they mostly eat a whole food plant-based diet but then they also love to get um chips and cookies and they'll eat mac and cheese and maybe they try to make you know mac and cheese that's healthy or maybe 
from like a bunch of cauliflower and potatoes and onions and stuff to like make a sauce but then maybe they also are like you know what this like heavy cream just came out that's vegan let's add like a bunch of cheese to that and put it on some noodles so you know I could really really go either way um which would be more of a, a vegan lifestyle vegan diet um raw vegan you you may have heard it um raw vegans are are health driven and what they eat is a little bit a little bit different than all the other categories that we have talked about um they will eat vegetables squash dark leafy greens sprouted beans so they'll eat beans but they're not going to cook them same with legumes and other grains uh they're all going to be in the sprouted form um they'll eat fruit nuts herbs spices if they're um if they're fresh like not if they're roasted like they won't eat roasted um nuts but they'll eat raw nuts you've probably seen raw nuts at the grocery store before and that just means that they're not cooked um and maybe they drink cold brew tea but they or cold brew coffee but they wouldn't well no not coffee because coffee beans are roasted so yeah just the tea um because tea leaves are dehydrated the tea and coffee thing kind of gets a little confusing sometimes. Um, they eat cold stuff. Um, they, they really eat any edible plant as long as it's fresh, um, or dehydrated or cooked on a very low heat or it's fermented. Uh, you might hear people say that they're mostly raw. Um, these people may eat a diet that's predominantly fresh fruits and vegetables, but they may make a few regular exceptions of eating some particular foods that are cooked. Um, or maybe they'll make some, some meals that have, um, they have some cooked elements to that. So like maybe they are going to eat some cooked beans, but the rest of the meal is all going to be fresh fruits or vegetables. Um, there seems to be a lot of pressure from raw vegans and other vegans, uh, to eventually end up as a raw vegan. Um, but I want to state here now that there's absolutely no necessity to be a raw vegan. You don't need to travel down this path. If you're not interested, I have found that people who are raw vegan are usually vegan for ethical reasons as well. Um, more so than like people that are kind of like whole food plant-based for the health benefits um even though this tends to be a diet that's wanting to to go in an optimal health direction 
people who eat a raw diet um, tend to involve a lot of fresh juices, um, smoothies, big salads with like a nut-based dressing or zoodles with a tomato or nut and herb sauce. Again, those would be fresh, not cooked. Um, nuts and dried or fresh fruit for a snack. Desserts will usually be made from a cashew base or another um, nut and uh, dates uh, to help sweeten it. Uh, they wouldn't um, they wouldn't consume like refined sugar. They would try to use sugar from things that are naturally sweet. Breakfast might look like a big green juice or a big smoothie bowl with nuts and seeds on top. Lunch will probably be a big salad with a variety of vegetables and a dressing made from lemon juice, cashews, and herbs. Dinner might be a bunch of noodles made from zucchini and carrots topped with like a spicy peanut sauce for a raw pad thai. Desserts might be homemade ice cream made from berries and bananas, like that nice cream that I was telling you about. Uh, so this way of eating does require way more time in the kitchen um, as things are going to be homemade and they're going to be in large quantities as the foundation of this diet. It doesn't tend to have a lot of whole grains and beans. Um, so they're very low calorie dense foods. Um, so the portions are going to be much larger. If this way of eating is appealing to you, I think it's very important, especially in the beginning, to keep track of everything you are consuming into somewhere like Chronometer. Um, that is uh, just a meal tracking app that I really love um, to make sure that you you are getting all of the macro and the micronutrients that you need. Chances are you're probably meeting your micronutrients, um, but want to make sure you're getting um, the correct portions of macronutrients. Um, and I want to make sure that you aren't consuming high amounts of fat and um, sugars. Um, there are a lot of very popular YouTubers that have unhealthy suggestions um, about eating a raw foods diet. I mean, there, there are a lot of YouTubers that will suggest unhealthy ways of eating for any diet, uh, vegan or non-vegan. Um, but I think with the raw vegan, there tends to be some people that are a little bit more popular. And then um, if people are new to veganism and or they haven't taken courses or spent a lot of time researching vegan nutrition, you might think that what they're suggesting is appropriate for a vegan diet. Like if you don't know that what a vegan diet is and then you just see um, 
these suggestions. Uh, for example, I've seen YouTubers suggest a, um, a smoothie made from 10 bananas, a bunch of dates, um, and then make like have that as a smoothie and then make a fresh orange juice made from 20 oranges and then have that for breakfast. Like that would te- technically be a, you know, a raw food that checks off all the things. It's a raw food breakfast. Um, but that is way too many sugars. Naturally occurring sugars are good, but also like 20 oranges, 10 bananas, and a bunch of dates. Like that's, that's way too much sugar and carbs for not even just for breakfast, but for like any meal or kind of like a few days. Like (laughs) I can't imagine eating 10 bananas in one week. Um, and then they want to fit it all into breakfast. Like I can't imagine eating 20 oranges in in like two weeks. So, um, natural occurring sugars and plants are healthy and carbs are good for our bodies, but that, that quantity is just way too much. So be careful about who you're following for nutrition advice and for meal planning advice. There are a lot of great YouTubers out there that, um, have some fantastic recommendations and especially for a raw food diet. There are some YouTubers out there that they, they do a great job representing a well-balanced raw vegan diet. Um, so if you're, you're ever unsure, um, maybe take what their, what I eat in a day videos are, um, and then enter that into chronometer. You don't even have to eat the food, see what that looks like. And then how is that being represented in chronometer what are their macro and micronutrients are you seeing that there's um an excess of a particular area that's in a danger zone or are you recognizing that there seems to be a lack in another area and how can you alter uh their suggestions to find a more balanced way of eating this way if that's if this is something that you are interested in If you are interested in being vegan and this subcategory of raw vegan eating is, is something that you want to do, I would suggest slowly incorporating more raw meals, more raw foods into your diet. Um, it is already a really big adjustment for most people's, uh, dietary, uh, not dietary, uh, digestive tracts to start consuming more fiber from, a, a vegan diet that incorporates cooked foods. Um, but eating plants only in their raw form can be a really abrupt change. So I, I'll talk more about this in the episode, in the mini series that we're going to go over, like transitioning into a vegan diet, but just kind of a disclaimer here. Um, I would definitely want to work, take, take some time to work towards eating that way. Um, I think that would be easier on your digestive system. A lot of the, um, 
meals uh, for a raw vegan diet can be pretty expensive. Uh, it typically costs about $20 to $25 a day to eat a raw vegan diet. Um, though I know a lot of non-vegans that they eat out for most of their meals and they are already spending 20 to 25 dollars a day just kind of in like a a lunch and dinner situation or maybe just like eating out for lunch maybe they're already spending about that much or maybe they stop at starbucks and they get a coffee and a breakfast sandwich and that's already probably like 14 dollars um and then maybe they also go out to lunch and maybe that's another 15 dollars so um maybe 20 to 25 dollars a day on food would fit the their food budget um it's not my food budget uh i try to really save on on groceries um but this is an option eating a raw foods diet but it's not the only option or it's not necessary to strive towards eating this way um I will make an episode that dives deeper into the health benefits and the health concerns of a raw vegan diet um, and kind of like a raw versus cooked, which one's better or how, how should you balance that? Um, but we're going to save that for another episode. Uh, fruititarian. Um, it comes up a lot when non-vegans are trying to discredit veganism. Uh, so you might have heard it from there. Uh, I think the, the progression in conversations is kind of like, oh, well, vegans are so restrictive that, uh, I mean, that there's, there's fruititarians out there. All they eat is fruit. Um, and I want to make it very clear that while there is a lot of overlap in ethics and the list of will not consume or contribute to, um, as like a vegan diet, uh, has, uh, I can't personally safely recommend fruititarian as a safe, uh, way of eating. But if you're curious uh, about fruititarian, they, they don't eat vegetables and they also, uh, so they're not going to eat any, you know, your normal veggies, your dark leafy greens, your starches, whole grains, beans, legumes. Um, and then their, their diet is going to be consisting of fruit and also nuts, um, and seeds. So quinoa is technically a seed. So that's one way that they can kind of get more of a whole grain and like protein aspect into their diet without having so much fat from like the seeds and nuts. Like you can get protein from seeds and nuts, but there tends to be a really high fat, um, content to that. Um, and then in, in addition to, uh, eating a lot of fruit, which again, sugars from food, fruit are healthy. However, large quantities, um, to the point where like half of your diet consists of fruit or more than that is not healthy. So that's fruititarian, not a subcategory of vegan. 
do not recommend um do not think it's healthy uh so that that is that whichever label you choose is it's not important and it's not prescriptive educating yourself is important though just as it is important for those who are whole food plant-based they should definitely educate themselves on animal welfare and the impacts of animal agriculture has on our planet Um, people who are vegan need to take the time to educate themselves on all of the health benefits of eating a diet that's more centered around whole foods um, and limiting sodium, oil, and sugar, and processed products. Where labels do matter um, is on food products. As veganism gains popularity, companies are starting to make more vegan products um, and products that have been labeling um, plant-based. In the food labeling world, if it has a V on it, or if it's labeled vegan, it's almost always going to be vegan. There have been a rare occasions where it still includes animal products, but again, that's incredibly rare. If something is labeled plant-based, proceed with caution. Um, there's a high chance that it is vegan, but there's also a high chance that it contains dairy or eggs. Um, they're trying to ride the wave of popularity while using, um, dairy and eggs in their products, but they're still stating that the, the product's base was made with plants. It's plant based. So that's kind of, um, what they're, they're working with. Um, I have never seen a product that's listed as plant-based that has ended up having meat in it. Um, but we'll talk about food labels on a more in-depth level discussion in a future podcast. Um, and then I did want to clear up a few other misconceptions. There are a lot of rumors floating around, uh, uh, that some common foods, vegans won't eat and I want to clear the air on those. The following are all vegan and um, you'll need to check food labels to see if they added any animal products but traditionally these are vegan products. So bread um, traditionally is vegan. Same with pasta. Uh, Again you'll want to check for for animal products. Sugar is vegan. Vegans do eat sugar, but as I mentioned before, they they may not want to eat it because it may have been filtered with um, bones from an animal, but that's kind of a per-vegan basis. Uh, wine, beer, other alcohols. Again, we'll talk about that um, processing of these products in a future episode, but I mean... We all know beer is made from wheat and barley and hops. Those are all plants. We all know that wine is made from grapes. And we all know that alcohols such as vodka is made from potatoes and whiskey is made from 
is it corn wheat wheat or corn um they're all made from plants so uh i don't know people tend to get in a real tizzy on this one um but they're not even considering the filtration process i mean that's something that people usually aren't aware of unless they are um you know winemakers themselves or familiar with that process um but they they're like oh wine's not vegan you're like it's made from grapes you know this um they also think that chocolate isn't vegan chocolate is vegan um but again you want to check to see if they use milk or milk fat in the making of that particular chocolate um figs are vegan again that's a hot topic that we'll talk about in another episode but they are spoiler alert i guess yeah they are vegan um but we'll talk about why people think that they might not be so feel welcome to continue enjoying these foods um i did want to mention my personal stance on how i identify uh i found personal information really interesting and helpful for when i was new to being vegan and so i thought it would be helpful to share here so personally I say that I'm vegan, um, and I may or may not include that I eat mostly a whole food plant-based diet. Um, it kind of depends on how much time or how much I feel like having this conversation. Um, I stand by sharing with others that I'm vegan using the, the dreaded taboo word, um, for a few reasons. One, um, my ethics are in alignment with veganism and being vegan. And I refuse to contribute to the suffering of animals. I do believe that we are at a place where we could still save our planet. Um, and I want to be a part of stopping the progression of its demise and to start turning things around. Um, and I want to stand against the spread of incorrect and unethical information in regards to nutrition. I also use the word vegan because I feel like I am a positive example of living as a vegan for non-vegans and for other vegans. Um, how I interact with non-vegans is... The feedback that I have heard from non-vegans is a positive experience for them and they often take the time to really thank me for um, how non-judgmental I am when answering their questions and, and how I approach the topic. Uh, more people, the more people uh, see positive examples of someone who identifies as vegan it'll start to break down the negative connotation around the word vegan and i say that i eat a whole food plant-based diet in addition because a majority of the foods that i do consume on a daily basis are whole foods i absolutely love and enjoy vegan frozen pizza that's kind of like one of my go-to um, foods, um, and vegan ice creams, the, the so delicious brand, they're like cashew based salted caramel chocolate chunk one. Oh my gosh. That one, that one's delicious. I like to eat chips and cheese, vegan butter and vegan cream cheese, but 
those tend to be about like 10% of my diet and the rest I like to fill with a large variety of different colorful fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, and seeds and beans and legumes. Uh, so I hope I have cleared up any confusion you may have had about the popular subcategories of veganism. Um, there are, there are a few terms, uh, like flexitarian and weekday veg. Um, those kind of, we didn't really touch on those, but they're kind of self-explanatory. Um, weekday veg, they're going to eat vegan throughout the week, Monday through Friday. And then weekends are kind of open to, um, eating anything, anyone. Um, and then same with flexitarian, uh, they might have some, some days where they do and some days they don't, um, high carb, low fat, not necessarily vegan, um, more of a diet kind of thing. And that can be applied to non-vegan or vegan lifestyle. Um, and then vegan keto again, like you're just going to follow the macronutrients for a ketogenic diet, but then not include any animal products. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about those, feel welcome to let me know and I can make another episode. Until next time, this has been Katie with a vegan's point of view podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found value in this podcast, please subscribe leave a review, comment on today's show post on Instagram at a vegan's point of view to let me know what your biggest takeaway from this episode was. If you would like to support this work, hop on over to patreon.com forward slash a vegan's point of view to become a supporter. Your contributions are always greatly appreciated. And I hope you feel inspired to take care of yourself, help make this planet greener, and a more peaceful place for everyone.